fellow supermom, I'm glad you're here. This is the special needs supermom podcast. The glass of wine for your mind. Your tribe where you can relax, unwind and get stronger and more confident about your superpowers. I'm Nadine Villeur, your host, supermom of an autistic wonderboy and a supergirl battling juvenile arthritis. All while being a military spouse and international entrepreneur. Enjoy your glass of wine. This episode is about grieving. Grieving the special need. Because we as special needs parents are constantly confronted with the limitations the special need brings. The uncertain future and more. It can be a relief, of course, when there's finally a diagnosis, when you finally figure out what's wrong with your kids and, you know... There might be meds or therapy that can help your kids. But the diagnosis can also be sad, kind of confronting as well, because sometimes this means saying goodbye to dreams you might have for your kids, for yourself. It can mean saying goodbye to kind of a carefree, healthy future. And of course, after accepting, you're going to accept because what else can you do? Uh, the grief, of course, doesn't stop because the development of your kid doesn't stop. Its condition, its illness doesn't stop. And the world is still going on somehow while you are dealing with all kinds of shit. And that can be really confronting, making you feel really sad, maybe desperate sometimes. We as supermoms will get it done. Get our shit together and continue. Of course we will. But that doesn't mean that it sometimes just sucks. So this episode is about grief. In this episode, I will tell you a bit about my story, the grieving I had and have, how I deal with it. And afterwards, I hope you have the feeling you are not alone in this, that it's okay to grieve, but also what you can maybe do about it to make the sad days a bit bearable. So, you know, saying that, a bit about my history. When in college, like everybody else, I had dreams and certain ideas about the future. I would meet my dream guy, we would get married, we both would work on a great career, kids would come along. And, you know, after the kids came along, we would go back to work both four days a week. You know, focus on kids, but still have a great and fulfilling career. Well, I met my dream guy. He said he really liked me, but was going to be deployed in two months. So, uh, whoops, <laughs> dream guy wears the uniform. So much for part-time military officers, you know, it doesn't seem to work. So that was the first goodbye, you know, uh, not being both at home uh, all the time and uh, staying at one place, building a solid career, at least not in one place. So much for both being home with the kids one day a week. When he got stationed in Germany, you know, I love the opportunity. So with international business being one of my majors, I quit my job, followed him. And yay, we were blessed with two kids. Besides the hard pregnancies and sleep deprivation, everything went, you know, great. Of course, it's hard those few first years when they're really young and your husband is away a lot, works a lot. But we had an average life until the kids got a bit older. There were some concerns beforehand, but nothing we couldn't handle. You know, who knows uh, a perfect kid whose growth and development follows the growth charts like they should be. You know, my oldest had more than a hard time in school. Was easily distracted, 
But that was some, something we didn't recognize at all. We had the greatest, sweetest boy at home. But we did notice that, you know, he was really sweet. Easily bullied. Wanted to hug everybody. Had to hug everybody. And after school activities were a nightmare because he just wanted to be at home, play with his Lego, not have play dates. He just wanted to be left alone. Uh, at least for a certain hour so he could unwind. After school care was just a new setting with new rules he had to follow. Where the only thing he needed was to unwind and not get into a new social setting. So that was kind of the first crack. The second crack came just before we were off to Kansas. Where we got to be stationed. We were thrilled. Just before we went our daughter had a regular checkup and failed her eye exam. Apparently... Again, but nobody told us about the first fail the year before. And she just didn't fail a bit, but majorly. When we were sent to the hospital days before we left to the States, the message was, the first thing to do in the States was find a specialist. You know, short, Supergirl was diagnosed with two autoimmune diseases. Uveitis, an autoimmune uh, disease uh, on her eyes, and juvenile arthritis. And since is under a lot of heavy medication to keep everything manageable. Our wonder boy was diagnosed as being on the autistic spectrum and having ADHD. It was a lot. So you're overseas, not surrounded by family, but there was great medical care. There was a lot of support. So we kind of had our grieving, but because I didn't have the pressure and deadlines I used to have with my job. We had time to focus on it. Luckily, you know, we had the time, the great resources and no pressure because of a job for me whatsoever. It really helped a lot. And being an army wife also was a respected job. So people, you know, didn't even question me being at home with the kids. Now, of course, I cried. Of course, we cried with diagnosis, When I gave my daughter her first uh, methotrexate medication shot herself. I have to do that weekly. That first time I needed a glass of wine. Hell, I I think even a bottle of wine to, you know, come over the fact that I had to inject my daughter with really heavy and painful medication. You know, and and after another morning helping in the classroom of my son before he got his IEP, you know, it drained me and... When I, for the first time, helped my son before he got his IEP in check, I didn't realize until then that he wasn't just easily distracted. There was a major problem going on because in the morning they would start with something called the Super Six. So six little mathematical problems they had to solve. And within the first problem, within the first bloody minute, he was distracted. So it wasn't just a question of, you know, it was too easy for him or... He just had a lot of fantasy or whatever. No, there was something seriously going on. But we coped those two years we were stationed in Kansas. And after a bad day, after a hospital day, uh, me and my daughter would visit the Crown Center in Kansas City. Go to Crayola Land, have our favorite lunch. And something bad would mean having your favorite lunch. Uh, And continue. And... After uh, a morning helping my, uh, the teacher of my, my son in the classroom, I would go to my favorite lunchroom in Leavenworth uh, called Harbor Lights. Oh, it meant so much for me. 
So I would just go there by myself, not meet with friends, uh, have a book and have my favorite BLT sandwich and a chai tea latte. Oh, they made a killer chai tea latte. But that was, you know, our mind time. And I didn't really realize it back then. I was, I was really tired and I was drained, but it uh, gave me some quality me time. But this was nine years ago, you know, and in those nine years, we, we grew, we learned, we moved back to the Netherlands. And just when I recording this episode, I realized that the easy access to resources, a support group, and having the time without people judging you, you know, for not having a job or whatsoever, this meant so much, means so much, brings so much relaxation. We didn't really think about everything going on, but somehow, apparently, we, we had time to, to slow down when needed. And, and saying this uh, uh, brings out my first tip. Allow yourself to slow down when needed. If you're having a really rough day, give yourself a break. Does that mean, you know, uh, my kids are now 16 and 14. Does that mean that I no longer grieve? Absolutely not. This morning, really, this morning is a perfect example regarding this. Uh, my teenage supergirl battling uh, juvenile arthritis uh, came out of bed early this morning. And there's already two things wrong going on there because she's a teenager. She came out of bed early and she talked to me. And normally there's just some growling going on in the morning. I, I kind of recognize that. <laughs> she got that from me. But she was so desperate and so sad and in so much pain that she got out of bed uh, came to me you know being really sad and kind of in despair because she said you know mom normally the mornings are a bit better but my knee already hurts like hell even before 7 30 a.m and normally this amount of pain i have at the end of the day not at the start of a day you know her saying that that's just makes my world stop right there and then. And as a parent, you want to take away the pain, but you can't. And it's also at the same time a reminder that life will never ever be normal for her as it is for, for healthy people. You know, she's, she's 14, but she's already on one of the heaviest medications. And that's still not enough. We are at the moment in the process of going on other medications, And the doctors try to slow down this process as much as possible uh, because the next medication will kind of be the last until she is an adult. There's not much else after this. So fear comes along the corner as well. Not only for me, but my daughter is now getting to this age. She is realizing this as well. And it just sucks. And that is what I meant with there's some constant grieving going on. It's not just, you know, getting the diagnosis and really, you know, that sucks and then you move on. You're constantly confronted with the limitations, with the fear of, you know, what the future might bring. Uh, A big difference compared to to last year is that last year, I, I hardly allowed myself to take this in. You know, I would just continue to fight continue to work, you know, go to the hospital, but still would say to a client, you know, I will respond this afternoon. I'm just busy this morning. I would still show up at a party of a friend if I had a party, be there for clients of mine, what not more, 
So I would just still continue to say yes to everybody. While inside, my brain was just mush. And now I allow myself to slow down. Because I know I need it. I know to, you know, handle this. And surround myself either with, you know, simple things like chocolate. Or a glass of wine in the evening. Or, you know, take the time to watch it romantic movie with my daughter or some kind of chick flick that really pleases her or do anything uh, not to only make her as comfortable as possible of course the first things I have to do is call the doctor again get extra meds in place Uh, and after that you know after the necessary things try to do fun things or nice things not only with her but also for myself Uh, so on bad days I now really slow down, focus on doing, you know, the minimum that needs to be done and outsource to my VA uh, whatever I can and try to incorporate some quality time uh, with myself and sometimes with my kids. And that quality time doesn't mean, you know, taking hours. It can be just go for a really long walk because I, you know, have to get myself together again. Because I, I, I won't uh, show my fears to my daughter because it doesn't help her at all. You know, she needs to be able to fend to me, not the other way around. So, so she doesn't need to show and be confronted with my fears or anxieties or things like that. Sometimes I just go out for a, a, a run, an interval run, because I need to run out of frustration, kind of to say. And sometimes it's just a glass of wine and watching really dumb TV shows because my brain can't handle anything, you know, with more than two syllables. So my second tip, you know, if you're dealing with something like this, besides slowing down, do only what is absolutely necessary. And seriously, that ain't much. No, you don't have to vacuum. No, you don't have to do the dishes. Seriously, you probably have some new plates. Or some plates somewhere up high in a cupboard. There isn't really much that you really need to do. A lot of things, you know, if it waits till tomorrow, the world will still go on. So, you'll be fine. Of course, you know, my kids being now teenagers, it on some level gets easier along the way. You kind of know what to expect when going to the hospital. You know the social challenges of your kid and how to deal with certain behavior. But at the same time, knowing what to do and kind of knowing what to expect doesn't make it any less harder. You know, uh, my oldest has his orals at the moment uh, because he's a senior and I cycled with him to high school. We are in the Netherlands. We cycle everywhere. So there are no school buses here. Um, So we cycled to school. Uh, We learned him to cycle and forced him to cycle already, although it's really hard for him. Uh, but it means freedom in this country. And he will never get his driver's license. Uh, but the bike will give, his, give him freedom. But what I wanted to say is, I am kind of getting uh, <laughs> sidetracked or dive into a rabbit hole, as my husband would say, is that he's really smart. At some levels, he's way off the charge. But on other levels, on social skill levels and knowing what you can and can't say is a totally different ballgame. So sometimes he will say things and you're like, he sounds like a professor. He's like Sheldon Cooper from The Big Bang Theory. 
when it comes to, to smartness sometimes. And when you hear them talk like that, you're like, you know, everything will be fine. But when you have to explain to him again that the jokes in South Park are jokes he can't make in public. And the only thing he knows is but they're funny in South Park or they're funny in American Dad. People laugh. Hence, it's funny. Hence, I can make those jokes as well. I don't know if you ever heard Cartman in South Park. No, you, you really can't say those things in public, in real life. And we already tried to explain to him a gazillion times. And he still uh, has to be reminded over and over. So this morning we were driving. Uh, that was the confrontation I had this morning. So I have this huge boy. Sounds really intelligent. Uh, he had his, his oral on English. Uh, so he had to uh, read English literature. Um, and uh, us being stationed in the States, his English is fine. He can read, you know, switch to English within a sentence. Totally fine. Uh, but uh, like all kids, he will get in kind of anxiety uh, uh, when exams go up. But he needs to be reassured way more than most of most of the kids. Uh, and you almost want to hold his hands. You know, those really, really big boy when he entered the high school. You almost want to hold his hands. You can't. But when he came out, he was over the moon, totally happy because it was great. So that was also a lesson for me again that, you know, he will be okay. He will be okay. We have to learn and teach him and continue to do so. Uh, And sometimes he will be great. And sometimes you're confronted with, you know, a Cartman joke in the middle of a mall. And you're like, really, you can't say that in public. What I kind of wanted to say is... You have to give yourself a break because yes, things get easier along the way, but when the kids get older, uh, so a new era comes up, you know, my son going to college, it will be still college in our hometown. He He will still be staying, sleeping at home and there's no much social life going on, but it's a new phase. And with that, and if you see his social skills, not totally being okay, It's not a confrontation that makes you worry about the future. And that's totally fine. You really have to give yourself as a super mom a break. Because, you know, yes, we're uh, super moms. But like superheroes, you can't go without a sidekick. And it brings me to another point is that don't be afraid to call in help or call in the help from experts. Uh, like people that know a lot about the autistic spectrum or social behavioral skills or trainings or uh, even for yourself, you know, a psychologist for yourself or uh, a special needs advocate that can help you train like, you know, uh, Shelley Augustine that was on uh, an earlier podcast of mine. So don't be afraid to call in the help of experts. It doesn't make you any less a super mom. Quite the contrary, it makes you more super mom because you know you need help. You need to learn a few more things to help your kids even better and help yourself more. So that's really important. And besides, you know, speaking to experts, it's also really important to be able to talk to your spouse, to talk with him or her about your fears, what you find hard. Thankfully, my husband and I are kind of different. And in that way, complement each other. 
But we also allow each other to be different and have to allow each other to be different. We have to listen to each other. And that sometimes can be really hard, especially if you're really different, different personalities. Uh, but it's so important. Uh, even more maybe if one parent is more at home than the other. My husband is away a lot. I realized a few years ago, I was in the process of changing my son's medication. When I realized, you know, I didn't even discuss this with my husband. I was at step 10 of the process. And when I talked to my husband, he was like, wait, wait what? Didn't, didn't we just change his meds like half a year ago? And I totally forgot because I was so busy and so tired. I totally forgot to mention and take him along those other steps in between. You know, because I was so focused and so much in survival gear and him not being home during the week uh, at that time. Yeah, he's not so much aware of certain things, but I also, because I was just doing, doing, doing and going, going, going at such a speed, I forgot to stop to kind of breathe and think and almost disregarded my husband in that process. Not intentionally, you know, it, it, it was way harder because... He would only be home in the weekend, you know, or he was deployed. Uh, and when I would speak to him in the evening on the phone, or uh, if he was at home in the weekend, I was just really tired. And also didn't want to just complain again and again about the same thing, because it was always about the same things. And this kind of leads me, this story kind of leads me to two tips. Um, tip number three really is keep talking, you know, Get someone to watch your kids if you can. Uh, and otherwise, uh, organize a nice dinner at your kitchen table. No phones, no television. When uh, you have young kids and they're, they're finally in their beds. Because before you know it, the kids are finally in bed. You're exhausted. You sit on the couch. You fall asleep. Seriously, my first time out with my dinner since we had kids. And I felt asleep in, in, the, in, the, in the restaurant. <laughs> You have to sometimes put in an effort because before you know it, you're only in survival mode and forget to really talk. And you assume your husband, your spouse feels the same, but that's often not the case. And it can sometimes even really be, be helpful if they share their light on the situation. I know for myself, I'm quite overprotective. So it's really good that my husband, you know, helps me sometimes to you know, get it out of that mode. And we help each other that way. And tip number four is don't also be afraid to call in uh, help. Uh, see an expert for yourself, like a psychologist. Them not being, those specialists not being involved emotionally is really a plus side. Because, you know, the fact that you can let out anything that bothers you uh, and their fresh take on things can really give you some new insights. Because, you know, especially when you're tired and you're cleaning the crap of your kids and uh, you're just busy with daily life, it can be hard to have a normal conversation when you're surrounded by, you know, what looks like, uh, uh, like a tornado just being going through your living room. So... That quality me time, only if that's like 15 minutes of talk in the back garden, just, just having a cup of coffee together, don't forget about that. And, you know, don't be afraid to call in uh, help. 
for yourself, like a psychologist, if you feel like you need extra help and you don't want to talk to your husband maybe about it or if you feel you need some more expertise. Because yes, we are superheroes, super moms. Of course, we're superheroes. But that doesn't mean that we don't need that sidekick, you know. Um, So to come to a conclusion, know it's okay to grieve. And, and, you know, know that it comes in phases. Uh, It's not just grief after the diagnosis. You know, when life evolves and when you get confronted with new limitations, new fears. Of course, you're going uh, to certain emotions and have to deal with that. And that's okay. Accept it and give yourself a break. So, you know, I hope this episode helped you and made you feel less alone and understood. Let me know what you think and what you do to unwind uh, or how you recharge your superpowers. Watch out for part two of the grieving series, because in a few weeks I will interview Tammy Foltz, who is a grief coach, about the stages of grief and what you can do yourself to, well, maybe not overcome, but to deal with grief and how you can give it a place in your life without drowning in, you know, in the misery and in the loss you faced. For me, today, I'm going to do the absolute bare minimum. Watch a chick flick with my girl, cycle to my appointments in the sunny weather instead of taking the car and, you know, just rush, rush and delegate work to my uh, virtual assistant because I don't have to invent the wheel myself. I don't have to be there for everything. So remember, give yourself a break. Allow yourself to slow down when needed. Besides slowing down, do only what is absolutely necessary and that ain't much keep talking to your spouse and don't be afraid to call in experts for yourself so you can take care and uh, help your superpowers evolve with that being said this is nadine take care take time so you can recharge bye my fellow supermoms thank you for listening I hope you enjoyed this episode. If so, please subscribe. Let me know what you think and tag me on Instagram at Nadine van Leer. And you might win the monthly one-hour special needs supermom coaching session. Stay sane and stay happy. Until the next glass of wine.